Welcome to another episode of the Corporate Quitters Podcast. Selling is hard, right? Most of us are pretty bad at it. We're bad at it because we don't look at the numbers. Today's guest, Philip Horn, teaches people how to dive into their digits and be better salespeople. Tune in for this discussion. Phil is a great guy with a lot to share. Oh, love, love the intro, Robert. Great. Well, you know, I, I had to try and make you look good because that's kind of <laughs> hard to do sometimes. So <laughs> He's a great guy. His mom says so. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he pays her a lot to say it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> look, we've got people coming in already. Oh, geez. What a headline act. <laughs> it's raining where you are. So, Phil, where, where are you, man? Uh, I'm in Edinburgh in Scotland, part of the UK. So you're in Scotland. So what is it about to be winter over there? Uh, well, it's it's definitely there's a bit of a nip in the air, as we'd say in Scotland, that it's, it's getting a bit chilly. You can tell, you know, autumn is the leaves are falling from the trees. Um, it's it, You know, autumn still seems to get later and later. It's probably all that uh, global warming. Uh, we've obviously got the COP. 26 in Glasgow. So hopefully something useful comes out of that. But you know what? That also means no golf for you. Um, you can play golf. You can play golf in, in, in the winter as long as it's sort of dry and not freezing. Um, but yeah, I, I, do, I do tend to play fair weather golf. Um, it's, it's much better. It's much better, definitely, when it's warm. But you know what? Here's what I think we expect now, though, since since you just said you can play in the winter, we expect you with your big parka on out there on the golf course. And we need to see a video of that on LinkedIn. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great for the swing wearing a big, uh, big jacket. It's not great for the swing. You can't really freely give, give it a good hit. Well, right. But that's exactly why we need to see it. We need to see just how good you are. We've seen the other videos of you in rare form. Now we need to see one with you <laughs> with a significant <laughs> handicap. No pun intended. Yeah, well, actually, real pun intended. <laughs> yeah, well, could, could be a challenge. Could be a challenge. Depends how depends how severe the winter is. I, I've never actually played in snow. Bit of ice, but um, not snow. <laughs> hey, man, let me tell you, you've got a lot of people showing up for you, man. This, oh, really? is, this is yeah this is really amazing we have a lot of here she says hey to both of us she puts your name first though even though i'm the podcast host now, now yeah, just well, it's just one of those things is it it's probably alphabetical okay okay we, we, we'll go with that that's what we'll yeah, call I'm, it now usama is here just trying to make you look good robert by just just giving you an out there <laughs> right 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 look philip is here philip davis and he's saying hello to charlene and Charlene is here. Hi, Charlene. Hi, Postel. Look, man, Chris Postel says it's great to see you on screen. What, me or you? I think he was talking about you. I mean, nobody oh, cares really? about me. They come to see the guest every week, not me. I'm just oh, kind of here. I think you're wrong, Robert. I think you're wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know. We'll see what they say in a little bit. We'll see what they say in a little bit. All right. So look, Phil, tell everybody, man, what is it that you do right now? 
Um, I help people on LinkedIn to you know identify who it is that they're looking to reach out to. I help them to you know grow an audience of those people um, because obviously if you're talking to no one then or the wrong people then you're not going to make sales. Um, I also you know it's about helping people to sort of grow an audience, create touch points with them, and obviously generate interest in business. So you know I do that via um, you know, we run campaigns, we help clients with campaigns, um, but also can do consultancy where you're helping with, you know, different elements of, of the process. Why LinkedIn, though? There's so many other places you could do it. Why LinkedIn? Yeah. Well, I, I basically, going back a few years, I've been doing digital marketing since 2003 oh, wow. um, and started off doing SEO, then started making websites, then, you know, Google ad, you know, Google ads, you know, bringing lots of different sort of methods to get in front of the right audience. And it was in 2014, um, I actually watched a webinar on LinkedIn. And, you know, I've been a member of LinkedIn since 2007. Um, but, you know, just like a lot of other people, you set up your profile, connect with a few people that are colleagues and friends from school, university, and you go, tick. And, and, and I was I was just just the same as a lot of other people, but in 2014 I watched a webinar and I just I watched it and it was it didn't give everything away, but I just thought, wow, you've you've got a big database of professional people that you know if you're another business, you know, I was already doing sort of face to face networking, and I just thought, wow, what an opportunity, you know, you've got a search where you you know if you narrow down exactly on who you're looking to get in front of, then you can reach anyone in the world. Obviously, not so much China these days. As, as <laughs> yeah, not anymore, huh? Yeah, which, which, is, which is a shame, which is a shame because it's obviously a big market, a big opportunity both ways. Um, but yeah, it, and it, I just basically thought, and then I just thought, wow, this, is, this must be the easiest way to sort of find, find, find the right people because, you know, you've got job titles, you've got geography, you've got industries, you've got company size, you know, if you've got sales navigator, um, you've got all these different filters. And, you know, if you look at who your best customers are um, and benchmark them, you know, you know what, what's their job title, what they call themselves, do a bit of research into, you know, job titles that are similar, you know, for decision makers, if you're targeting corporate, there's more than one uh, decision maker you know, that's involved in the buying process. Um, but, you know, back in 2014, I just saw the, you know, the, you know, the possibility. Back then, though, there was not that many LinkedIn consultants. Well, there's hardly any LinkedIn consultants. So slightly ahead of the curve there, um, started um, doing LinkedIn training in February 2015, once I'd sort of um, looked at, you know, a process to, you know, for people to follow, because obviously processes and getting into habits are, you know, what creates consistency. Um, you know, did that, you know, did that um, until 2017, um, March 2017, because a lot of the feedback I was getting back from, um, you know, people that went through the program is, that's that's great, it's, it's all great, but I don't have enough time to do it myself. You know, because so time is the biggest, you know, it's the biggest um, obstacle. And, you know, if, if you've got people that 
I've got to work out the strategy. I've got to do X, Y, you know, all these different things themselves without any help. They'll never do it. So, you know, even, you know, optimizing people's profiles, you know, there's people that specialize in optimizing profiles. And even that you can, you can teach people how to do it, but they've still then got to go and do it themselves. And, you know, one of the things, you know, we help with is helping to narrow down who it is they're targeting. And obviously that then translates into what you see on your profile, what you see in your messaging, you know, what you see in posts. So it's all related, you know, it's, it's got to resonate with the people that you're targeting. Right, right. And you know, you said something to me very interesting right before we started, but you know what, before we get to that. So now Charlene says, (laughs) sometimes, sometimes people come to see me. Sometimes. See, I told you, they're coming to see you, Philip, not me. (laughs) And Usama says that you were spot on with what you were saying. Thank you. (laughs) And Carl Sean Watkins has entered the building. But, but you were saying something really interesting to me before we got on air, because I asked you a question and you made me think about something, which is really good because, you know, it it takes a lot to get my brain fired up and working right. But I asked you about LinkedIn and I said, would that, would Sales Navigator and learning how to sell to people through LinkedIn work for me? Because I'm primarily targeting uh, consumers. I'm more so B2C, not B2B. And what you said made a whole lot of sense. So why don't you tell the people what you said? Um, well, what I, what, what I said is obviously targeting people on mass is easier if it's B2B, but people are people. So they've got, they've got their business life, but they're also people outside business as well. So, you know, if you're generating content and generating interest, they're just people in a funnel. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's slightly harder to actually identify exactly who they are. You know, typically for B2C, um, you know, LinkedIn is very good for referral partners. So you might not be reaching someone directly, but indirectly you can get them through, you know, a, a, a partner. But, you know, in your own circumstances, you know, Rob, with, uh, you know, you do, you do a lot of content and generate interest there. Um, you know, what I was also saying is, you know, within Sales Navigator, it's possible to turn it into a sales pipeline so that you can actually, you know, from all the awareness stage, you know, well, even before that, actually, you know, the search aspect, you know, there are prospect that, that you're not connected to. Create the audience. So, you know, having first connections, you know, generate awareness for what you're offering, you know, generate interest through, you know, nurturing strategies, which is content, you know, which is, you know, your content, their content, which is things like this, lives, um, events, and um, but also, you know, messages that are, relevant for what they're you know what they've done with you know they've said to you in the past but also then that you know the people that are then interested and then obviously people that you take you take off linkedin and have you know like a zoom call um find out whether you can help them and then a proposal and then they become a client and then once they're a client shouldn't really stop there either because obviously they can refer you on you know ask them they can obviously then start they could become a partner they could, you know, there's lots of different things. They can give you testimonials. There's lots of different ways that you can interact with customers as well. They can buy more product or, you know, if you've got another offering. So, you know, all the way from they don't know you at all down to there's someone who's you know, a valuable resource, not just directly for through money, but through what they can actually help you with, you know, p- help to promote you. 
Yeah, well, and you know what was what was interesting to me about it was it was like one of those Homer Simpson dope moments, you know, because <laughs> you see, I mean, I'm sitting here like, well, I'm I'm going straight to consumers, and you were like, but they are people, and yeah. you know, historically, if you wanted to get in touch with someone at a business, you would find somebody that knows them and try and get an introduction, or you'd send them an email, or you'd do a cold call to the business because you were really trying to get the business and now the world is shifted because it's all about people and those personal interactions and i really believe in that but i don't know why i asked you that question because it was like oh light bulb and even for you you said you started back in the early 2000s you know doing things on the web what kind of changes have you seen what's the difference between then and now um there's a lot more awareness when i back in 2003 Going back before that, um, I I started a dot, dot com. I had an idea for a dot com business. Um, you mean the internet was around back then? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> 1995. 1995. Yeah. Yep. So back in it was actually late 1999. Um, I'm, I'm showing my age now, Robert. You you probably thought I was uh, yeah a, a young boy, but um, I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just fishing for compliments. Um, no, but back in, at the end of 1999, um, when I, when I was actually down in London at interviews, I read an article in The Economist, um, which is a, a, a magazine sort of paper over here that's all about the economy. And I, I read an article about, um, perfect markets and how perfect markets have perfect information. So buyers and sellers know everything that's going on, you know, in the market itself um so there'd only be sort of one price and you know one one you know one price you know every product that's the same would be the same price because everyone's got the same information and um, so i had a, a thought about the internet um and how you know creating that marketplace online it's never going to be perfect but you know the access to information on the internet back in 1999 uh that was obviously not as, as big now um, and I had an idea for a dot-com and ended up doing that instead of um, taking up uh, any jobs based on those interviews that, I, that I've that i told you about. Um, wait, so like, wait, what was the dot-com though? What what was it exactly? It was called, it was a, it was called Buyer's View. Um, and it was basically a rating system where online retailing. So, so like ask, Yelp, before there was a Yelp, huh? Um, in America, I actually, after I'd had the idea about um, nine months later, I found there was a, a site called BizRate. I don't know if okay. it still exists. BizRate. It, it does, um, yeah. So my idea was basically the UK version of that. Um, and the problem with over here is, you know, America is normally a few steps ahead of us. And we still had dial-up and people were still worried about putting credit cards, etc. So I think my idea for the UK was probably ahead of its time and uh, maybe by, you know, five, five years or something. Um, so yeah, we basically had, I think 40,000 users and we had, you know, we had, a, a, you know, quite a few uh, retailers signed up because what we were offering was a ranking system so that people could come on and um, find out where I should go and buy my CD, where I could buy my book. Um, Amazon was around at the time and, you know, they were one of, well, one of the big players. 
Um, and there was smaller retailers that were beating them, you know, over customer satisfaction, over the whole buying process, you know, from, you know, website experience to, you know, security, whether they were using SSL and privacy policies, et cetera. So I was into that sort of stuff then. So, so That's the tech stuff. Yeah. So you became a billionaire, right? And now you live in a mansion. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's the sort of other side. Of, yeah, no, it didn't quite work out. Unfortunately, the the uh, the bubble burst in March 2001. Um, yeah. And we didn't have long enough to establish ourselves. So and ran out of money. So it was it was a, a very interesting experience. And from that, I got interested in um, the biggest the, the biggest one of the biggest problems we had was you know, we engaged um, a marketing agency, an Edinburgh-based marketing agency, who basically were very good at spending our money, but didn't really produce any results. Hey, now, a lot of this. Thank you for bringing so ex- uh, so exceptional professionals live to share their stories and skills. Philip Horn is your guy for LinkedIn <laughs> Sales Navigator. I told you, they don't come to see me. They come <laughs> to see you. And everybody's well, they, proving it. Well, they know that they know your expertise already. They're obviously you're obviously uh, the host, so they know all about your capabilities. Well, yeah, my expertise is having other people make me look good. I mean, that's, <laughs> I'll, that's do my best. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> so it's up to you. The pressure's on. Now, you, you talked about being in London before you started the dot com. Is that where you had some really interesting experiences that kind of made you rethink the workforce? Yeah, well, I had three interviews. Um, the first one, the first one went okay, apart from um, I wasn't given the job. So I had an interview that basically, um, I re- it was one particular question that I remember had a bit of a, a brain freeze um, and didn't re- <laughs> didn't really answer it that well. Um, then the second second interview, I was at um, basically there was. There was a guy who was his background was in am- amateur dramatics, I think. And one of the questions was, um, you know, I want you to, you know, sing me a song because he was he was basically testing whether I had, uh, you know, the confidence to start singing. We're in we're in an office with all this glass round, so everyone can see and everyone knows. When I wonder when he's going to get him to ask a, the same question because so everyone's probably ready for it. So I. Um, I said, okay, I'll I'll sing Bohemian Rhapsody, um, and but I want you to join in. So I thought that might that might um, you know shut him up a bit. So I started singing, and then he started joining in with you know with such enthusiasm. I just went, I can't believe this because I'd taken I'd taken a, a year out of my I, I went went back to uni and did an MSc in investment analysis, and I'd passed. Um, I'd also passed the professional examination, so I'd had you know ticked all the boxes for all the stuff I needed, um, and this was just getting a job in London was the next stage, and you know being asked to be sort of like a performing seal um, <laughs> in the middle of an interview was was uh, quite interesting. Wait a minute, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So you took a year off of work, went back to school, yeah, got a degree to be an investment uh, analysis. And took a test, passed that test, had a job interview. And in the middle of that job interview, the guy asked you to sing a song. Yeah. He didn't ask you about your grade point average or anything like that. He asked you to sing a song. 
No, well, he, there was more than one question, obviously. <laughs> I think I think what he did was he sandwiched it where he had a couple at the start, the song, and then... And then so he they, was taking you through the sales process, right? He was doing, this, yeah, the sandwich making. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, basically, I think, you know, Darren, if you, if you work in the markets, you, you need to be able to, you know, be be relatively confident if you're speaking to... Um, you know other other you know businesses and and sort of basically answering asking them questions about you know how how their business is doing you know what what's in their future and then basically giving a, a buy a sell or a hold as an option um you know which one you know people should do or if they have stock or want to buy that stock you know here's what i'm wondering i'm wondering if anyone in the chat has ever had anyone ask them to do something quite that crazy during a job interview? And if you missed it, you guys on the Corporate Quitters podcast with Philip Horn, he's a sales navigator strategist. You need to learn how to get sales on LinkedIn. This is the man you need to talk to. But he just told us he had a job interview in London some years ago, and the guy asked him to sing Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, now and you guys did sing it? Oh, I sung it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. So... First things first, anybody in the chat, have you ever experienced anything like that? And what would you do if someone asked you to sing during a job interview? That's just really what I want to know. Shri, I see you here. I don't know if you're still here. What would you do if somebody asked you to sing during a job interview? Charlene, I see you. Carl, I see you. Somebody asked you to sing during a job interview. Well, you know what? We know Philip Davis would sing. We, we do know that that's one person that would sing. So now... Let, let's just stop the suspense. After you sang, did you at least get a job offer? Um, I well, basically, uh, this this was the first interview, and it was there, there was going to be more than one, and I, I basically didn't go back to them because because they they said basically next time you're down in London, you know, come come down and see us, and I just didn't get back in touch with them. So you quit before you even started. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, basically that's the case. And there's an, there's another the, the third uh, interview I had when I was down there was uh, another interesting one. So I had two out of three that were just a nightmare. The, the second one was um, I was shadowing a guy. I was shadowing a guy that was showing me around, and um, he was you know king king backstabber, um, and you know he. You know, he he said, "Oh, I'm just about to phone up one of our clients." So, and then he started bad mouthing that client before he got on the call. Ooh. And then he picked up the phone and went, "Oh, how's it doing, John?" I can't remember what the guy's name was. How's it going, John? At the mighty whatever the company name was. Oh, great, 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 great. Put the phone down and then said some, you know, some obscenity about about the guy, um, which I'm obviously not going to repeat on on with a mixed audience. Um, and I just thought wow, you have no idea how you're coming across. Um, and then I spent a bit more time with them. And then and then I just thought when I was leaving, you know, when I was leaving uh, the office, I was just thinking, what's he going to be saying about me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what I was thinking as you as you were saying the story. Yeah. Check this out. Chris Postel says, did you headbang when the music shifts to heavy rock? <laughs> and Charlene said she's never had an interview that crazy, but she might actually do it but she can't promise they'll like her selection or her rendition. Charlene, if you do it, I can play Simon Cowell. I'll be the <laughs> And Neil said that wouldn't be a company he'd pursue any further. And I, I agree with that. I, yeah, 
I don't think I would pursue that company any further. And Caroline says, now she knows that that stuff happens. She'll start prepping so that she's not caught off guard. Yeah, it, it happens sometimes, but I think it happens at bad places. And, you know, you might do yourself a good service. And just as soon as it happens, get up and walk out. Just go be done with it. Yeah, well, it was a test. It was a test. And I may have passed the test, but, you know, they failed my test. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot of says she would definitely sing. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know, we have some karaoke folks out here, I see. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, all of this is crazy stuff. And I guess that that's why you kind of started doing your own thing and created this dot bomb that dot com that makes <laughs> well it did blow up <laughs> but you know so did a lot of companies at that time though in all honesty a lot of yeah. companies did. yeah no well it was yeah it was quite an exciting time because it was that sort of gold rush really with people with ideas and it was the quickest transfer from you know investment people investing to marketing departments you know it just went from what straight in and straight out and obviously, you know, the ones that didn't work, um, you know, the money, the money got lost. And, you know, but th then you've got businesses like Amazon that, you know, needed investment at some point and, and they became huge. You know, there's, 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 uh, I remember there was a company called Boo.com. I don't know whether you had it in the States and they tried to, I think it was more European and they tried to, you know, massive mistake. They tried to simultaneously launch in 18 countries at the same time, got it wrong. So they multiplied their errors by 18 times. So they, they blew themselves up. And um, you know, what they should have done was launch in one country, get it right, and then launch in the other 17. Yeah, or, yeah. So, you know, there's there's lessons, you know, even though that, you know, that that, that uh, dot com that I started didn't work, the, the amount of the amount I learned, you know, about business and just marketing as well even though we we engage with a marketing agency it actually taught me the other side of being a, a, a customer mm -hmm. um, and the experience that i had there and, and and it's basically what i don't want to give to my customers yep and through all those lessons what really made you want to focus on linkedin sales navigator and helping people on linkedin i, th I think i think it was well before you know linkedin wasn't around at that point so it was it was more about you know the internet and the possibilities you know the ability for small businesses to compete with big businesses because the the entry you know you, you know, having a website and, and these days especially having a website and be able to sell stuff you know it's, it doesn't cost a huge amount of money back then it did you know it was really expensive you know like our i think we spent I think about 80,000 pounds on a website. Um, oh, wow. and, and that's back in, you know, 2000, 80,000 pounds on a website. So, you know, these days, if you spend 80,000 pounds on a website, you get a, a hell of a lot. Um, you know, we, we spent that amount and there were still things that were, that were missing. And it was like, right. Well, we wanted to, you know, we said we we're going to generate um, revenue. One of the revenue streams was advertising where's our advertising system <laughs> um, oh wait so you you spent that much money on the website and didn't have an advertising system well, it, it didn't it didn't tick all the boxes that we talked about in the spec yeah gotcha. and the the pro problem then is 
they were about one week ahead of, of us. So, you know, they were learning how to do stuff as they went along as well. Um, there were some agencies that didn't actually want to take it on because it was also new that there wasn't really the skills, the, 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 the workforce to actually implement some of the stuff we were looking for. Wow. And so now what's what's easier now about that process? How do you make it easy for people? Well, from a from a LinkedIn point of view, well, I, I'm, I was talking about websites, but you can obviously people can create their own with, you know, there's do it yourself um, websites, but obviously they, they can only take you so far. Yeah, um, we don't really like those. Charlene and I talk about those a lot. We don't really like those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're stuck with what you're really and changing optimization point of view, you're stuck with what you're given. And, you know, a lot of search engine optimization is, you know, making sure uh, that the, the code's clean and you're telling the search engines exactly, you know, what, you know, what what the theme is of a page and internal linking. And, the, you know, there's lots of different elements to search engine optimization. But, you know, from a LinkedIn perspective, I think, you know, more people started using it and that made such a difference. More people are using it for content, which is creating a lot more engagement and, and people spending time, which obviously LinkedIn like because they, they sell advertising as well as Sales Navigator and LinkedIn premium uh, accounts. So now what, what exactly is Sales Navigator? Because not everyone knows what that is. Um, it's really a sales tool. It's a, a sales tool that on the free account, you've obviously got filters that you've got some filters. You've got filters, things like title. Um, you've, you've got less filters in, in, in the free account, um, but you can still use it for search. You can access about you know a thousand people. Um, with Sales Navigator, you've got a lot more filters that have got a lot more functionality. Um, you, you can access two, two and a half thousand people from one search. But you, you can easily save them. You can save multiple searches. You can add in additional filters that, you know, so if say you had 10,000 in a search, you can bring in filters that then actually remove them once you do another action. So it's a lot more, there's a lot more you can do with it. it you can get a lot more targeted. You know, you've got a funnel. You want to fill it up with the right people. On the free account, you're limited with what you can, you know, how you know, how great you can make that search. So it's finding your best customers. With Sales Navigator, you can get a lot more targeted. So you're filling the top of the funnel with more of the right people. So if you fill it with more of the right people, out drops more of the right people at the bottom. So all your time and effort is is, is much more effective. Um, ah. You can also, on Sales Navigator, you can turn it into like a mini CRM where you can track people through that sales process you can you can save you can save you know part of that is saving leads and there's there's functionality within sales navigator that instead of you know going on to your homepage to find you know comments you know uh, people's posts to comment on you you know the people that you save that are your target prospects their content comes to you so it saves you a lot of time so the big thing about sales navigator is, is organization and saving time and getting a lot more, um, you know, highly targeted. So Sales Navigator is a tool 
within LinkedIn that allows you to search and find for find people and categorize them and look at their activity to figure out how you want to engage with them for your business. Yeah, it's in, uh, and basically engage with them in a relevant way because if you've got people grouped or segmented into one different type of segment, then you can, you know, rather than doing lots of individuals, yes, you want to personalize it, but basically you know that I've got 100 people in this group, They're, they've all done this, so this is relevant for them. So, you know, it you can then send 100 messages and, and personalize it a bit as well, um, or... You know, if they've, you know, for example, I did a webinar last week. So there's people, you know, there was 300 people signed up and there was 82 or three people showed up. So the people that signed up, they will be interested in my next webinar because, you know, some of them couldn't make it. And I've had lots of messages and I sent replay messages and stuff like that. So other people did see it. But also the people that did sign up, they're further down the funnel because they turned up. So you might have a slightly different message there. So it's all about, you know, top of the funnel. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's before they actually even become a connection. You know, you can in, in, engaging with someone before they're a connection and um, engaging with their content. So, you know, looking at their content, you know, that, that's, that's a target prospect you can buy from. You can actually start building the relationship before you've even connected with them. Nice. So what's what's the... What's the profile of the person who should be using Sales Navigator? Um, salespeople, obviously. Anyone, anyone that's basically um, client-facing, you know, sh should be using Sales Navigator. But you know, typically, salespeople, 100% should be on it. Um, business owners should be on it. They're the main point. You know, if it's small business owners, they're normally the main, the main salesperson. You know, marketing people as well, um, who obviously are trying to sort of generate awareness for themselves or a product. So, it's, it, you know, if you're an employee who doesn't face customers, then you want to be on LinkedIn, but you're on it for a different reason, either your career or, you know, you know, improving yourself or getting another job. But people that are, you know, trying to generate business, you know, whether that's doing networking, whether that's lead generation, whether that's, you know, prospecting, whatever you want to call it, um, is all part of generating business, um, and you know, Sales Navigator 100% is the tool to be on because it gives you the functionality to actually pe put people through a sales process and actually yeah, segment yeah. them and save time and organize. And, and yeah, gotcha. That makes a whole lot more sense because I'm not that familiar with Sales Navigator. And speaking of salespeople, my friend Kimberly Chernoff is here and she's one of the best salespeople that I, salesperson, salesperson, whatever I'm trying to say that I know. <laughs> so now, now, okay. So now we know what Sales Navigator is and it basically helps us find people that are right for whatever product or service that we're selling. And so now there are a lot of people on LinkedIn who don't know what it is, don't even know that it exists and aren't even aware that there's a free version of it. So if I really wanted to get started with it, what would I do? What would be some of the first steps that I would take? Well, you, you get you get a, a 30 day trial um, of Sales Navigator. Um, if you actually know someone who's got like myself, who's got a, a Sales Navigator license already, um, they've now put in a referral scheme where I don't get, you know, sales navigator users don't get any money for it. 
Um, but basically you can get two months free. So if you've got know someone who's a sales navigator user, you can get two months free. But I would suggest before that though, what you want to do is to get really clear on who it is that you're looking to, you know, reach out to, you know, everyone's got options about, you know, who's your sort of best client, but, you know, look at your current existing clients and, and, you know, look at, look at their job titles, you know, who are they, what sector are they in, you know, is there any particular sector, for example, that you, you know, you want to sort of specialize in, is there a list of companies that you want to, you know, want to get in, in with, you know, account-based marketing is, you know, looking at companies, you know, you could either find that on Google. So someone might say, you know, I want to, you know, I want to sort of work with a lot of, you know, in, in this country, we call them letting agents, those people that find someone to occupy a property for, you know, a landlord. Um, you know, there'll be lists of those because, you know, LinkedIn's industry codes, they've got 149, but they don't have one for every different type of business. So, you know, like they would probably come under real estate, which is obviously, you know, LinkedIn's an American company. Real estate is, is you know, covers people that are selling, but also people that let it out for other people. It's one, you know, so you have to get smart with the search um, and how you actually reach the right people in the best way. And that's part of the skill of, you know, what, you know, what I have. It's, it's like, how do I find the most relevant people with the search filters that LinkedIn give us. So for someone like me, I would need to get organized first and determine who I'm actually trying to target and have that in mind yeah. and then come to someone like you to help me fine tune my audience within the sales navigator tool. The, 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 yeah. The more that you can do before you come to someone like me and even before you, um, you know, take your 30 day or your 60 day trial, um, your your that time is going to be saved because you know if you've got a thirty day trial, for example, if you take the trial and then it takes you four weeks to actually work out who you want to target, you know yeah. what your offer is, how to position that, you've already wasted all that time. So getting organized before you actually take that trial, but obviously you you want to you know on a trial you want to find out whether you know, whether you can get it to work for yourself. But obviously what people do with coming to me is they shortcut that learning process because, you know, I've, I've done, you know, LinkedIn stuff since 2015, February, 2015. So I kind of know what to do. Okay. Now, do you, do you have like some sort of cheat sheet that you give people to say, fill this out before you come to me so that we can move you along in this process even faster? Yeah. Well, I try and find out, you know, understanding someone's business is important um, because obviously you can only really help someone if you can understand who they're trying to reach and with what. So yeah, get, get them to fill in a, a short questionnaire so that when, you know, I get on a call with them, I'll, I'll, I'll also, you know, look at their LinkedIn profile, look at their company website. So I've got an understanding of who they serve and how they, you know, I'm all right. My brain is already processing, um, how how we might find those people if those are the people that they want to target because quite often sometimes you you look at someone's website and they say we target these 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 and they've got different services and it's which one is the one that they want to promote so that's when you need to actually find out well you know is that is that the the best sort of service to promote to those people 
you know, we can find these other people easily, but we can't find these ones because of the search filters. And sometimes it's very easy. Sometimes the search is really simple, but sometimes it can be quite complicated. Um, and, you know, the, the, the best way to sort of find out how relevant the search is by, you know, going through the results and going, yep, that's right, that's right, that's right. Oh, why is that person coming? And you're always going to have these outliers because, you know, LinkedIn is a search facility and it's reliant on the users, but it's also, it's not 100% perfect either. So you're never going to get 100% perfect search unless you manually add people in. Oh, okay. I got it. I think you just helped a lot of people out though, because you told us we get 30 days free trial, but we could actually extend that to 60. And there's a way to do that, that you just explained, but then also get organized before taking the trial and wasting it, which I don't think most people would have thought of that because most software, you, you get the free trial to experience it, to see how it actually works. But this actually, this makes a lot of sense. Saving people a lot of time. Yeah, well, when we are uh, helping clients with their campaigns, what we do is we, we, we have a strategy meeting and we get all the stuff that's relevant for the campaign ready before we go live. Because, and obviously that, that, that sort of dovetails nicely in if someone's got, you know, going to sign up for Sales Navigator or not, because you, you want to do the, the sort of groundwork, the foundational work first, because you, you need to do it anyway. So you may as well do it before you actually, you know, you know, sign up for the the trial. Just yeah, yes, yeah. it's all about processes and getting them in the right, doing things in the right order. And that is why we need you because you can help us put those processes together so that we can get on Sales Navigator and find our ideal uh, customers and clients on LinkedIn, and you speed up that process for us. Because yeah. most of us aren't salespeople. Most of us are afraid of sales. Most of us. I'll tell you, sales to me was like uh, a four-letter word, something that I was really afraid of until my friend Kimberly Chernoff showed me differently. But uh, mm-hmm. I was afraid of sales. Now I get it. I understand it. But some of that yeah. execution that you do is still the big unknown. Like, how do you actually well, do it? Yeah, well, the, sales is a funny thing because basically I, I don't see myself as a salesman either. Um, right. I I believe in telling people the truth and helping people if you can help them. And if you can, you know, you, you can help them as well by passing on someone that can help them. Um, I don't think there's any point, you know, in, in trying to sort of push a, a square peg into a round, round hole. Um, it's just not good for anyone in the long term. And, you know, I, just, I, I personally want to work with people that want to work with me. And we're, we're a team, we're going in the same direction because, you know, when you're working with someone, you have to get, you know, it's better if you get along. It's better if, you know, you, you work as a team because the outcome is going to be better, better for everyone. And, you know, people, you know, clients will keep paying me. They'll keep getting results. You know, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. What's one of the biggest success stories you've had so far helping people with Sales Navigator? Um, well, we've been running campaigns um, since uh, 20, 2017. And, and one of... This, this is quite a funny story, actually, because it was one where I thought it had all, all gone wrong because the client disappeared. They, they went off the radar. We basically ran, we had a six-month um, sort, of sort of trial period ourselves um, with this client. And 
they weren't very good at updating us with what was happening. And I sent chaser emails to all the team that were involved in, you know, the buying process about, you know, trying to phone them, left messages, and they disappeared off the face of the earth, basically. And I thought, wow, it hasn't really gone that well. And, you know, that was a bit of a learning curve as well, that, you know, about setting out expectations about monthly meetings and stuff like that, which I've, I've brought in as well, which 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 helps me keep, keep informed with what's going on. But they basically then came back three months later, so sort of nine months after we started going, can, can we get a meeting in Glasgow? Um, this is a, there was a Scottish-based business. And I went, all right, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, because basically they disappeared. And so went through went through for this meeting um, and they wanted to, they wanted they wanted more users because um, we ran it we ran the sort of pilot on you know one user and I said well one of my first questions was okay so how did the campaign go because they didn't they didn't even really tell me on the phone and they said yeah well yeah we definitely made you know over a hundred thousand pounds which you know is probably I don't know one hundred twenty five thousand dollars one hundred thirty thousand dollars yep. so that was one user. And the spend was, um, you know, about five thousand pounds, between four and five thousand pounds. Oh, so that's a good return on investment there. Yeah, so it's a good return on investment. But I then later found out that they're, um, you know, it, it basically basically beat um, Google Ads by you know eighty two percent. Or their, you know, uh, client acquisition was you know absolutely smashed it. Um, so yeah, that that was that, that was a good one because that was one of our first clients as well, and they're still a client today. Um, so that 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 was a, a memorable one. We've worked with. There's been other ones that we've generated. You know, we last year we worked with um, one of the top ten biggest software companies in the world, an American-based company. I'm not allowed to mention names, um, their name at all, and we generated a return on investment of one thousand nine hundred eighty-three percent. So that was a, a pilot. Over, over the over the basically lockdown, um, we we created that. And the problem with corporates um, is people leave. So the main point of contact has now left that company. And before he left, I, I he spoke to his boss, and his boss wasn't in a position to take on that that you know the the, the campaign to carry it on. So I've been left with no point of contact. And the next stage of that was I was running it on on one user as well, and the next the next uh, the next stage was going to be running it on you know another twenty users, which obviously would have been pretty massive. Yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to you know I, I need to try a bit harder, but get back in with them because that's obviously a very big opportunity. Yeah, but essentially you are uh, are helping people to experience a fairly significant return on somewhat of a small investment just by knowing how to, now I won't say just by, by <laughs> knowing how to effectively use LinkedIn Sales Navigator. It, it, it sounds like you're cutting out a lot of time uh, from identifying who you want to serve to actually pulling them through your pipeline and, and actually closing the deal. Um, yeah. That's so, pretty awesome. Yeah, it's the thing is we, we do work like those companies are sort of bigger companies, but you know, we do work with smaller companies where 
we could work on a sort of a consultancy basis and help with bits of the process that people need help with as well. So it's not just you have to do you have to take um, you know one part of the one part of the the pro, you know, sorry the whole process rather than you know parts of it. So it can be broken up into different bits. So for some people, um, you know, they might not want to do you know uh, you know outreach with you know building building the database they might already have a database they might just want the setup part of sales navigator because you know buying sales navigator off the shelf doesn't actually give you the sort of system stroke strategy you have to actually know how to set it up correctly or or the way i use it anyway gotcha gotcha and, and yeah that makes perfect sense if we want to accelerate our time to you know, acquire and close, we need to contact somebody like you to help us with Sales Navigator. Now, w- do you also serve people like me, solopreneurs, just one-man uh, yeah, bands? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, throughout the, you know, th- when I was doing the, doing the training, it was mostly small to medium-sized businesses. Um, doing the campaign management has basically been from one-man bands all the way up to top 10 largest soft com- software companies in the world is essentially the same thing they're you know they've got there's a person you know it's got a linkedin account who wants to reach these people with this thing and it's how to build that audience you know choose the right audience how to build that audience you know generating sort of nurturing you know touch points with them and you know then basically take them you know through the funnel Yeah, this is exciting. And it should be exciting for anyone listening because, I mean, essentially what you're saying here is you have and you can find a captive and active audience for whatever your product or service is that you're delivering. You can engage with them, interact with them and help expedite the know, like and trust factor, which helps them to want to do business with you. And that that's pretty darn exciting because historically you'd run Google and Facebook ads and it'd be a shot in the dark. You never knew who was actually seeing your ad and how they were truly responding unless they clicked and then took some action. But you're a little bit proactive um, with sales navigator in targeting who you want. It's, it's a whole lot better targeting. Wow. LinkedIn is very visible about who who you're reaching out to because you can, you, you know, you've got the profile when someone's, you know, putting in a keyword, you know, for, for searching, you've got no idea whether it's a student researching someone, you've got no idea whether it's actually someone with any buying intention. So, you know, on LinkedIn, you, you obviously don't know they're in the buying zone. Um, you know, there's there's only 3% of people that are, you know, actively, you know, looking to buy something that someone's offering. There's another 7% that, you know, can pretty much be persuaded to have a conversation about it. So you've got 10% of the total audience who are potential buyers at any one point. But obviously that's where, you know, you grow that audience and then the other 90% can come into the buying zone in the future. And if you stay top of mind with, you know, with producing content, with interacting with them, interacting with their content, you know, generating awareness and, you know, that know, like, and trust, as you say, then they will, you know, as long as you're top of mind when it, when, when, when the time is right for them, then you've got, you've got an opportunity. Yeah. And I'm definitely excited about everything that I've heard uh, 
from you today because we'll, we'll we'll be talking afterwards. But but let me ask if um if anyone wants to contact you, how can we reach you? I'm on LinkedIn. Send me a message. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been funny if you had said, "Well, you can go to Facebook," and we're talking about LinkedIn sales now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, what you need is one of those carrier pigeons and send me a little note in its in its claw. <laughs> okay so you guys we're on the corporate quitters podcast we're talking to philip horn who's a sales navigator strategist the reason that you need him is because he will expedite your time to finding acquiring and closing the ideal client for your business doesn't really matter what business it's in because everybody is on linkedin you can find people who specialize in basket weaving and philip will help you find them (laughs) so (laughs) That's so, going to be a tr- that's a that's a tricky one. Going to find them in the search with basket weaving. You could, <laughs> but I'm sure you, if anyone can do it, you can. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've thought of a way of doing it. So I mean, anyone who was singing at a job interview can actually find somebody who is basket weaving. I think you can do almost anything at this point. <laughs> so, so look, if you guys want to contact Philip, find him on LinkedIn. So let me ask you one last thing: What are some last words that you leave with anyone listening today? Um, get organized, um, get organized in your thought about who it is you want you ideally, you know, who is your ideal customer. And, you know, quite often you'll have the answers already in your client, your current customer base. You know, if, if you haven't, then you need to do some research about who's going to buy your service or product offering. You know, it's, it's all, it all starts with who, uh, and, and, and what, and what the offer is. So, you know, you really need to spend enough time on that foundational element, even before you go go near a search, because I've seen it so many times where, you know, people have a you know a reasonable idea and then they, they get they get to the search far too quickly and the search is completely irrelevant. So they're filling the top of the pipeline with with people that are never going to buy what they're offering. Or you know, or you've got, you know, 30% of the people in, in the search results might be relevant. What you're wanting is at least 80% of those results to be relevant. Let me just add a little bit to that because Philip said you look for the who and the what. After you find the who and the what, contact Philip for the how, how to <laughs> actually target them. And I mean, because if you listen to everything that he's told us today, he's given us like a blueprint we can't do it on our own, though. It's too complicated. Seriously, as I'm listening to him, I understand everything that he's saying, and I'm just overwhelmed with what it would take to do it. And and, I, and I'm being really serious. Philip and I joke a little bit sometimes, so it's hard to tell when I'm serious. But I'm being very serious at this moment. If you really want to understand LinkedIn Sales Navigator, this is the guy that you need to call, whether you're a solopreneur or a multi-billion-dollar organization, Fortune 500 organization. LinkedIn is the place where you can find the people that want and or need your products and services, but it's difficult to find them. And Sales Navigator is the tool that can help you, but it's a daunting tool. And if you want to cut down your cycle time, your learning time, you need to call Philip. He's shaking his head. Yes, in agreement. I didn't think he would disagree with that. I'm not shaking my head. I'm nodding my head. <laughs> is that an American thing that both is shaking? Because we say shake your head. Is well, when, we, when we say shaking, it could be this or this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're, we're strange. I know we are. Yeah. Because we, we, that's nodding your head. Nodding your head in agreement. 
Mm. Now, this is also nodding for us, too. But you could still say shaking and still be doing this as well. Really? That's confusing. Yeah, it is. We are confusing people, though. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about it. We're, we're like a melting pot of everybody. So, <laughs> so look, guys, Corporate Quitters Podcast, this has been a really educational episode because I've actually learned a lot. And I I just want to say thank you for being a guest, man. Um, and I've already done your last words, and I just kind of hijacked that and added some more to it. No, well, thank you for asking me on, Robert. Rob. Well, why would I not? Dude, you're the sales navigator guru. In all seriousness, people have been telling me how good you are at sales navigator. So um, I, I think that I would be doing a disservice to my audience if I didn't bring you on to actually talk about it and how it can be used. And see, Kimberly agrees. She said this was great. So Kimberly, you need to be calling Philip because I know you use sales navigator, but um, you need to call Philip. And Philip, when she does call you, I'll, I'll be looking for my uh, commission. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it we agreed? What, what, I can't remember the percentage. 75%. Right. For me. <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah. 75% for me. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't quite hear you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'll type it in the chat. Then I'll email you. Better yet, I'll use LinkedIn Sales Navigator to find you and then send you a message. <laughs> Yeah, well, you haven't got it yet, and uh, you're not getting two months off me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she said she is going to call you. Okay, good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, really good stuff. I, I'm just, I'm, my mind is sitting here thinking about what I can now do with it. So, you know, anyway, I know we'll be talking. I'm going to stop rambling because normally I end the show with the last words from uh, my guest, but this was just honestly just really, really awesome. Even Charlene agrees that it's awesome. Charlene, <laughs> even Charlene. Even Charlene. Wow. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. You know, <laughs> you know what? I, <laughs> look, Philip Davis is still here. He said good stuff. I told you, man, they don't come to see me. They come to see you. I'm just kind of like the accessory. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> oh, all right. So look, you guys, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Corporate Quitters. Join me next week with another interesting guest. I don't know how we're going to top Philip, honestly, but join me next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Corporate Quitters Podcast. If you like this episode, go to your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating. I think we deserve it, don't you? If you want to know more, go to thecorporatequitters.com. Again, that is thecorporatequitters.com. You'll find articles. You'll find apparel. That's right, we've got merch. You'll find ways to contact us and to keep in touch with us www.thecorporatequitters.com. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.